why don't people in my generation, millennials and Gen Z, Zoomers, feel like we're adults, even though we are? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers with special returning guest, Nathan Sher. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, adult child, and with me as always is my elegantly immature co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and childlike adult, which is way better than being an adult child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, and back with us again is our persnickety producer, Nathan Cher, also known as Nathan A. Hi, Nathan A. Hello, it's me, Nathan. I'm here for some reason. <coughs> Hello. <laughs> He's here because we forced him. Nathan and I got into a great offline conversation, and Nathan thought that that's where it would stay. Little did he know. <laughs> what a fool I was. I was young and naive two days ago. <laughs> then I was going to say, hey, this is a good idea for a podcast. <laughs> we should do a podcast episode. That's literally how it happened. It yes. is. Must yes. Nathan, Nathan. <laughs> Nathan is such a good friend. He keeps being like, why do you have me on? And we're like, but we want you on. You're like, well... I don't oh. get it, but okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, yes, we are really excited because we love talking with Nathan, both Nathans. And today we're going to be talking about why people in our generation do not feel like adults, despite being very much adults, according to the calendar. But first, Nathan won. If people enjoy our content and want to engage with more of our conversations and meet fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts, and it's there that they can send us all of their love and hate mail. They can also go to the online Facebook group, The Overthinkers. It's a private group with over 14,000 members who are posting lots of fun intellectual memes and occasionally getting to a very rousing debates and discussions about all the subjects we talk about on the show. And we want you among our ranks. If you do enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a review. It really does help us so very much and share with a friend. Yes, definitely. Sharing, sharing. is caring. To care is to share. To share is to care. It is. It's very true. It's some of the things we learn when you're, we're children, which is what we're talking about today. One of those things that continues to be true. Exactly. When you become Wait, an adult. I, I do have to say that one of the things I most look forward to at the beginning of our episodes now is finding out what inflection you're going to put in what word. I went with the classic <laughs> one. I, yes. I, now people are getting used to me doing new inflection, so I had to shake it up and go back to the normal one. You always exactly. got to keep them on their toes. That's right. Another thing we learn as a child that becomes true, keeps being true as an adult. <laughs> Especially oh. those ballerinas, always on their toes. Yes. It's not wrong. Okay. All right. Well, everybody ready? Let's do it. I mean, if we said no, what would you have done right now? Would we just, would we just no? no, I actually don't know. <laughs> no, I would have said that. I would, I would pretend you were joking and continue going. Ignoring that. <laughs> so, and Which is what we would do right now. All a right. denial of reality. Yes, like many adults nowadays. Yes. Nice. All right. Well, it's no secret that millennials and Zoomers don't really feel like adults. Despite the youngest millennial being 27 years old as of 2023, most of us don't feel like adults in the way our parents were. Millennials even coined the term adulting to ironically talk about doing adult tasks, ordinary tasks, 
that feel weird and unnatural to us. I'm Millennials are rapidly growing the number of adults who are consuming media intended for children, such as the often remarked upon Disney adults who build their lives around going to Disney World. The massive amount of adults regularly going to Marvel movies, Pixar films, the exploding trend of adults unironically reading young adult fiction. Millennials are also delaying typical adult milestones more than previous generations, such as marriage, children, and buying a home. But why has this happened? Author Joel Golby argues in The Guardian that the delay of these milestones is due to millennials being worse off economically than their parents. And Alex Mel Taylor writes for An Injustice Mag that the desire to consume cartoons is due to childhood trauma of childhood needs not being met. Others find. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this. Uh, I'm in this. I gotta intro have a talk with my parents. Like <laughs> <laughs> Others find the explanation that millennials have had particularly harder lives than their parents unconvincing. Gene Twegg, author of the new book Generations, wrote in the Atlantic piece The Myth of the Broke Millennial, argues that millennials are actually richer than their parents were at their age, adjusting for inflation, and things like homeownership are down only from 50% to 48%. Okay, now this person has a name I'm going to have a hard time with. Umbelina Robes Ortega, professor of the Department of huh. Personality, Evaluation, and Psychological Treatment of the University of Granada. There we go and an expert in emotional disorders, blames overprotection of parents for children developing what she calls Peter Pan syndrome, given it usually affects dependent people who've been overprotected by their families and haven't developed the necessity skills to confront life. By the way, just a, a brief shout out, mom, I'm not blaming you for any of the things yes. with me right now. <laughs> Parents, we love you. We're well, talking about this. We love you, but we, we're going to totally blame you. <laughs> None of this is a slam on you. This is just us talking. Um, so Nathan so A. Get out of my room, Mom. Gosh. <laughs> Nathan A. We first thought about doing this topic, like you said, because you and Nathan had a, Nathan one had a conversation about why, you know, uh, about about this topic. You know, we'd always feel like adults in the way that we look at our parents being adults, and we do a lot of the things that we often associate with being kids, like watching the cartoons and the Marvel movies and the things. So why do we th you think we don't feel like adults? And how much of that you think is just us as individuals, and how much of the, do you think of that is society at large? Uh, I think it's a mix of things. I think it's both, yeah, because of society and us as individuals. And I think it's like, uh, at least on two fronts, where I think it's a... Uh physical slash um circumstantial sort of thing where i think a lot of it has to do with as you're just pointing out uh our economy is just so much harder to live in compared to uh to compared how it was in the past so we just don't really have the means to literally afford a lot of the adult milestones that uh, our parents have had in the past and such and also i think it's more of just a cultural slash mental thing where yeah there are a lot of people out nowadays like that watch cartoons and stuff but i feel like it's more less in that less because of that and more just i think the real quote unquote influence comes from our uh, abundance of nostalgia in pop culture where i feel like yes we've always had a thing for like nostalgia mm -hmm. like over throughout the years like that's always been part of human history but i feel like in the past few decades hollywood consumerism um uh whatever there's been a lot more push for nostalgia in marketing means where it's like Damn. People, the people found out that nostalgia sells. And I think they've been going very hard into selling nostalgia to the point where I think it kind of develops as a little bit of a 
fear pan effect in that regard mm. where it's hard for us to like grow up and let go of our childhood things because our childhood things keep coming back over and over again keep following so us yeah so it's like oh well this thing won't leave me so i guess i haven't really left at all so it's like mm. am i really growing up right now because like it's like we see a, a, the abundance of reboots over and over and over again and like it's gotten to a point where like one fr one IP or one franchise barely has to be gone at all for it to be immediately rebooted again. It's like Phineas and Verb. I love this series. It ended back in 2014 or 2015, and now we're less than 10 years after it ended. We're already get it's coming back already. Where it's like, oh wow, that's great. But it's also we have barely let that show go. It's already coming back, and I feel like that's again another sign of like how much we see pop culture and consumerism really and uh, really utilizing nostalgia a lot nowadays. Okay, yeah. yeah. Nostalgia has shot to, and we, we talked about this a while ago on the Overthinkers page, mm -hmm. has shot uh, in in a way that we haven't seen in previous generations to the forefront mm -hmm. of so much of the media we consume nowadays. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I do agree with you, but I might even turn it. Uh, it's the other way around, where I think the reason we have more nostalgia is because people are longing for it. I think that people are connecting to, quote, more childish things because of this feeling that we've talked about before, which is, I don't feel like an adult. You know, this was, uh, Nathan and I were talking and, and I was literally having one of those days. It was a Monday, uh, of course, <laughs> where it's like, I, yeah, I feel understands. What could be worse than Monday? Yes, I, 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 <laughs> I often don't feel like an adult. I'm doing adult things. I'm <laughs> paying taxes and, you know, I'm married. I have an apartment and I'm, you know, at work and all that. But there's like this still this weird um, feeling in my mind where, where I'm I'm in my 30s and I still feel like I'm not one of the real adults. Like someday I'll become a real adult, but I'm a kid mm. figuring all these things out. And from what I can tell, a lot of people feel like this. Yeah. <laughs> and this is kind of the cultural wide thing. And I think one of the reasons you see so much nostalgia entertainment right now is because people feel like this. But I, I want to explore why do I feel like this and why yeah. do so many people? And I think there's like, I, again, as we always say, this is a multifaceted issue, but I like to put it down to just a few. And and mm -hmm. Nathan, you touched on um, on one of them or on two of them. Uh, one of them being economic. I think mm -hmm. that that's a clear one. It's you need to measure. We can see it. And I think that people are too quick to say that this is the entirety of the issue. Sure. Um, I think right. it's easy just to be like, oh well, you know, it's harder to buy a house, so that's why kids are so mature. Um, uh, you know, adult, well, sorry, adults are so mature now. Yeah. I do think that's a big part of it. I'm not saying it's not a part of it. I think mm -hmm. that when you, you know, as, as I'm growing up, I've, I've tried to buy a house and been like, well, right. I simply cannot, um, right. it's not within my, uh, economic ability. And so I do think that some of those milestones that used to be more available to previous mm -hmm. generations, um, e even a, a few generations ago, um, I would say kind of a lot of this started in the Gen X generation. Um, they, they kind of had half and half, but I think that if you don't have those milestones of, okay, now I, I leave college, I get right. a job, that job enables me to buy a house, which enables me to support, uh, to support a partner, which cool. enables me to have a child. And mm -hmm. if we can't even do the, the first one of those things, which is find a job that's increasingly mm -hmm. difficult. Um, that means we're not gonna be able to buy a house. That means we're not gonna be able to have the wife. That means we're not gonna be able to have the mm -hmm. child. And so many people are stuck somewhere along those lines mm -hmm. and many of us are stuck at the very first one. And so I think naturally when you have those in every culture, you have these marking moments, you mm -hmm. know, they have ceremonies or whatever, where it's like now I'm an adult. And so if you're missing out on those marking moments, 
that inform your mind and psyche and even culture at large and the communities you're in that you are now an adult, I think you're going to naturally feel even in your Mm -hmm. 30s and 40s when those things have not happened, I'm still a kid. Because yeah. we have this idea that there hasn't been that marking moment. There hasn't been that cultural uh, mm-hmm. running the gong or whatever you want to call. Or, and, or we haven't, you know, we built it up so that is what uh, a, an adult does. And if that mm-hmm. hasn't happened, of course, we're not going to feel like an adult. So I do yeah. think economic is real. And I think that's a very big part of it. But I also think there's other things mm-hmm. uh, at play here. I think yeah. um, Nathan touched on this with the cultural thing. Uh, and that there's a prevalence of nostalgia stuff that's kind of reminding us of childhood, kind of pulling us back to childhood. And I think there's a, I, I do think that in previous generations, what you see is the be a man speech. Grow yeah. up. It's time to yeah. go out there and do the thing. And and I don't see that as prevalent at almost yeah. at all, maybe in some circles or some uh, subsects yeah. of, of communities. But what I, I see more of a general acceptance of continued childhood and yeah. almost yeah. an encouragement. Yeah. And you see this constantly on TikTok with the adulting mm. thing. And, and you see these these people who are like, I went to the store today to buy milk and I can't. Mm. I'm so proud of myself for buying milk. And it's like, you shouldn't be proud of yourself for buying milk. <laughs> and in <laughs> previous generations, you wouldn't get sympathy for yeah. that. You yeah. get <laughs> encouragement for feeling at a loss for you know doing your taxes or whatever. And by the way, <laughs> I'm terrible taxes. I hate them. <laughs> this is not me judging you for the taxes. I am no, terrible. This is, we're having this conversation asking, why don't we feel like adults? Not why yes, we don't are you? the we. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we are the we who don't feel like this. So <laughs> yes. Why do we feel like this? Exactly. Um, but I do think there's a a cultural either allowance and even sometimes celebration mm-hmm. of being people childlike. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's from uh, from the higher ups or just from the general community, all of our our um uh, our peers, but I do see across TikTok. Yeah. I see it in films. I see it where there's an encouragement of yeah. um st- of uh, staying not young. I love being young at heart, but immature. Yeah. Where, um, and I don't think that existed in let's say the 50s, 40s, 30s. It was right. They, you get a job, or you're going to be hearing it from your family at right. 19. If you don't have a wife, what's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> so, right? Uh, so I think the culture has become more accepting, and that's what Nathan talked about. That there's more and more of this um, acceptance in their actions of releasing more yeah. celebratory uh, things for staying young. And then uh, a third reason, and I'll, I promise I'll shut up. I just want to get through my little reasons. I think these are good base. I know um, people don't come to this podcast to listen to you talk. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they come here to look at me. I have a... <laughs> I'm the brains of this this only audio. I'm the face of this only audio thing. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the face uh, only a mother could silently tolerate. I have a face <laughs> made for radio, as a my face, uncle. Yeah, what was it? A face for radio and a voice for Prince. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Mm. Um, but I think one of the other ones is also parental. I do think we mm. saw a, a shift in how um, mm. parents parented, yep. and uh, and my parents have talked about this and went through this and explored this. And there was a shift in, and you can see it uh, in the in the methodology employed into raising children. And I'm not going to make an argument for which one is better right mm-hmm. now, or but there was a methodology that, that said you discipline your children, you give them high boundaries, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. give them expectations, and then it shifted. And, and we saw negative actually results. Yeah. We saw kids who lived with shame and and suppressed things and yeah. ended up with drinking problems and depression as a result. But then we kind of went to mm-hmm. this other side of the spectrum where we had. Um, 
the idea of unparenting, which is I don't say no to my child. Um, I give them what they want all the time. I don't discipline them. I don't, uh, they can figure their life out. Let me tell you guys, kids aren't good at figuring their life out. That's why they (laughs) have parents. And so you have this parental change in which is much more permissive of children's um, actions and raising. And so it's kind of like, well, figure it out. And so, which is nice because we didn't get spanked as much, but all of a sudden you have uh, 20 year olds going, what am I doing with my life? And mm. then this idea of, okay, now you go to college and it's, and they'll figure it out in college. Well, guess what? College is just kind of prolonging very often times yeah. of that childhood where they get to hang out with all their friends, drink themselves silly. And then they get mm. out of college and go, I haven't developed any necessary skills mentally or emotionally yeah. for an adult in this world, not for my parents, not for my schooling. And so, lo and behold, we have a whole generation of people. So I do think the parenting shifted to, and um, I, and I think, and there's a couple more religious, I think that there is something in there. I won't go into that because um, we go into that a lot in the modernity when we get rid of religion. It, it gets rid of the signposts and the guidelines yeah. out to be um, in your life. So I do think that's a necessary um, additive, but we talk about that so much. I'll let that one uh, go to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. We may um, circle back around to it toward the end, but that's that's good for yes. now. Yes. <laughs> but, and then the final one I'll say, and this, and I don't know how big or small this is. I want to hear you guys your thoughts on it. I'd say technology. We have technology. It mm. used to be you had to grow up. Listen, and you mm. know, if you, I love um, studying history, especially um, uh, uh, early America and even before. Listen, if you were thirteen. You, you're getting a job not because it was like good for you that that was later you yeah. were getting a job because if you didn't your family would starve yeah. and so you had to be working on the plow you had to be out in the fields you had to be mm-hmm. in the mines um for survival reasons and so with the with the uh, uh influx of technology most of technology especially in white culture is centered around comfort mm-hmm. and safety. Yeah. And so what can make our lives more comfortable and safe? So you don't have those those things in your life that is making you grow up, mm-hmm. getting a job at 13, you know, because you're going to starve if you don't. It's like now it's a good thing to go get a job at 13, but you certainly, if you don't, you're going to be fed for the most yes. part, most families, um, especially here in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going, you don't have that, that uh, necessity to grow yourself up. And much of technology has made our lives so easy in many ways. And we've talked about this a million times. Yeah. Find a girlfriend on, on um, Tinder. You can find a meal on uh, uh, Grubhub. And you can find you know entertainment on Netflix. Yeah. None of it is all at our fingertips. Um, much less we now have um, cars and houses that keep mm-hmm. us warm and safe and all this. And so I don't think we have that necessity to go build a house to stay warm. We just, you know, so... All of that combined, I think those are a lot of different reasons as to why we aren't growing up um, and then feeling like we're not growing up. So that, mm-hmm. that I just dumped a lot of stuff, but I've been thinking about this for a while. So, Joseph, I think, no, you, I, you, you, you come up, I think you, you hit on all the main points that I would probably bring up. I think most of us, when we picture what is an adult, because we have an idea of like, I don't feel like an adult means like we have a picture of what an adult is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that picture of an adult, I've been trying to kind of rack my brain, you know, earlier today and figure out what, what is it that, what is the image I have in my head that I don't feel like I'm like? And it's someone who has more responsibility than freedom um, mm-hmm. and has um, more able to um, have others depend on them than they are dependent on others. Wow. Um, 
somebody who is um uh has is is um can has the resiliency to take on those responsibilities and in the world in the internal resiliency and more or less knows what they're doing or at least believes they do um and i think that there's just so many things in our society and that 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 are against us feeling like that about ourselves now yeah for a variety of reasons now some of that you know maybe was not even true of our parents like the last one of like knowing what they're doing seeming like knowing what they're doing you know there's the old joke of like it's like you know parents like we never know what we're doing are you kidding you know nobody ever knows what they're doing when they're an adult however because you know uh, there was a time with our adults with our parents generation where you could pretty much know everything that there was to know that you would know and by that i mean you know everybody you know was getting their news from one or two newspapers and or two or three you know uh two or three you cable channels or you know or there was one guy you know who'd gone to college and gone to a bunch of the college courses and so knew everything there was that you would ever get to know so you had a high level of confidence in what you knew because you were probably never going to be corrected about the world was smaller in a sense exactly it was yeah that's it the world was smaller so it was easier to know everything that there was about the world and we don't live in that time anymore we still feel like we don't know anything because there's just so much information out there that's readily available to everybody's fingertips. Again, like I'm talking on this podcast, like I know what I'm talking about. And yet I'm always like, man, I could say something and then somebody else would point out to me how I got that wrong. You know, that got some factual error that could easily, you know, somebody find that out. So there's that level of insecurity that kind of is built in. But also like most of us are living lives where we don't feel like we're producing more than we consume, you know, and we don't feel Mm -hmm. like we're taking on more responsibility for others than we are feeling like other people have to be responsible for us. Like, you know, even if like we have a house or have an apartment, it's not as big as our parents are is, is today. And it's like, you know, it's like if we are always thinking, man, if my job falls through, I may have to live back with them. They never had to do that or ended up, you know, doing at least, you know, they didn't have that. And so they feel more stable. It feels more, and, you know, again, like you said, with technology, I feel dependent on a lot of things. Like I'm dependent on, you know, on on Grubhub, you know, I'm you know, dependent on, you know, you talk about doing taxes. Yes, we do our taxes. We also have TurboTax mm-hmm. to help us yeah. do our taxes. And so I always feel like there is this feeling that somebody is always holding our hand throughout life. And we couldn't really get along without somebody holding our hand. We couldn't do it without the training wheels. We couldn't do it without the training wheels. Yes, all of life seems mm-hmm. to sort of be on, we have on training wheels, and we couldn't really do it without that. And mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, I think that there the reasons for that are for a lot of things you talked about. Again, I think parenting models have changed to, you know, be, you know, we talked about last time about, you know, how, you know, uh, parents working a lot more oftentimes means that, you know, there's they're not training their kids as much in person, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, but also they're, they believe they have, should have a more hands-off approach, which means, you know, kids are not learning those skills as early. Technology makes us more dependent. We have, and then we have, there was a cultural shift that happened in the sixties where it saw adults as the enemy, the whole don't trust anyone over 30 kind of mm-hmm. thing happened. Adults ruin everything. Time and time again. Adults ruin 
which meant there were a whole bunch of Hollywood movies that said being a child is good and being an adult is bad. And that sort of became a trope to recycle that a lot of parents, I mean, you know, there's the mean girls thing. I don't want to be a, you know, a good mom. I want to be a cool mom. A lot of kids yeah. grew up not wanting to be a good parent. They want to be a cool parent. And, and so all of these things turned into kind of a, a desire to not, um, a desire to extend childhood because we thought that that would be more healthy. And we thought it would be more healthy for ourselves too. But then you guys were all kind of realizing, oh, we don't feel as secure and capable of, um, of being a safety net for others because we don't, as our parents used to. And there's constant threat that will have to be, yes, you know, if the economy breaks down, if there's yeah. a mm -hmm. war. And so we live with the anxiety of we're going to have to be adults and no one feels like it. Yeah. So, uh -huh. Curious, Nathan, A, because I think this is we've explored a lot of the ways as, yeah. or the reasons as to why we feel like this. Um, should we feel Ooh. like adults? And um, if and then I'll get to my last question at the end, we can all kind of because I, I have I want to know. Um, it, should we, is there even a reason to feel like an adult and what happens if we don't? Hmm. I think we should, but I think it boils down to having a more honest and realistic interpretation of what an adult means for your own life. Because going mm. back to like what Joe was saying, how well, a lot of the people, well, the problem a lot of people have is that they don't be like an adult because they're not living up to the specific standards they have. And it's good mm. to have standards they need to live up to. But I think the difficulty that we have nowadays is that we keep trying to apply standards and milestones that work for prior generations onto this generation, mm -hmm. the, but without acknowledging the fact that the circumstances are different. And so we have this disconnect where well it's like, I don't, I don't have these, I'm not reaching these milestones, so therefore I can't be like an adult yet. Where it's like, no, you can't be like an adult because you have done other good things, but you're ignoring those other things you've done because you haven't reached those other milestones, which in all honesty, you're probably not as realistic as you think they are because again the circumstances were different in the past than they are now so i think it's important that in order to feel like the adults that we actually are we need to have an honest look at our circumstances our situations and even our expectations and just like keep that all in mind and in check and once we actually have a clear understanding of what an adult nowadays should look like and try to live up to that that's how we actually start feeling like adults Damn. and when we feel like that that's how we become more effective as people in general, I think. Snap, snap, think snap, snap. Honestly, really good. I think you hit the nail on the head, which is absolutely, we need adults. We need people who, like Joseph said, are responsible for more people, are taking ownership of their lives. We need that to continue society and to have a society that can stand up to evil or take care of problems that arise. <laughs> we need adults for absolute sure. But as you pointed out, we're not, we're not feeling like adults because... We are working with this this grid and this metric that worked for previous generations. If the old uh, generation's definition of an adult was someone who works in the field, that's not going to work for us, which means we're never going to feel like adults. So we need something that says, even if you live in a studio apartment mm -hmm. and you rent the rest of your life and you never own a home, you can still be someone of agency and empowerment. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even if you don't get married or have a child, right. you are still a whole person and adult so we almost need this new understanding like new guideposts for yeah. what it means to be an adult because like you said the old ones aren't just not working they're not not all of them are even necessary yeah. um for our because it used to be necessary you you do need to get a house we do need to repopulate after the world war ii we mm -hmm. do need 
get a wife, have kids, um, all these different things. Those might not be necessarily as important. Now, I do think there are um, there are objective ones that are true through every generation. But I think a lot of the tertiary ones that we might need to reconsider, though. So it might need to be, okay. maybe for some people, getting a house is a marking of Mm -hmm. becoming a. But for other people, it's being able to rent an apartment and Mm -hmm. to financially stable enough to continually renting rent an apartment and, you know, whatever. So and I'm not saying that has to be it, but what I'm saying is we need new definitions and guideposts and even celebrations of Mm -hmm. you got your first apartment, you know. Mm -hmm. We don't do that for people say, oh, my gosh, yeah. you moved out of school and you found a place that you live and you love and you're going to be there for years. That's worthy of celebration. Yeah. And that would be a new marker for, hey, this person's an adult. So I think that's really, really yeah. wise and interesting. And I'll just add to that real quickly. Um, actually, I won't add to that. Yes, we need to be. <laughs> I, yeah, I totally agree with what you said. Yeah, no, I, I think we just need to be willing to like celebrate each other more and celebrate these victories, because when we don't celebrate, we do the opposite and just condemn each other for not doing certain things. And I think when we wind up condemning each other for not, and even condemning ourselves for not reaching these milestones, then we just kind of wind up doubling down in being childish, childish and immature. It's like when someone tells yeah. you you're wrong without giving you any sort of constructive criticism about why you're wrong, you're just going to be tempted to double down on what you're saying. So it's the same thing where it's like, oh, well, I'm being wrong. This isn't how you be an adult. Well, no one's shown me how to be an adult. No one's telling me how to be an adult. So I'll just stick with how my way of doing things, no matter how childish it may be, because it's worked for me and screw anyone who thinks otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I will. I, I lied. I'm going to add to that. I think that's great. Never I, trust him again. <laughs> I, I am going to talk more. Who would have thought? Uh, <laughs> I think you're right. I think um, one on the one end of the spectrum, we have shaming. You're mm-hmm. not doing the thing. Mm-hmm. So people are going to feel defeat. Well, I can't. You know, I, yeah. there's plenty. Why bother? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I, I there's no way I can buy a house. And if that's the only way to be an adult. Then whatever. I guess I'll just be a kid. And so that, that's one way. The other way, I think on the up, opposite side of the destructive spectrum is also total um, acceptance. Well, yeah. you never be an adult. It's totally okay. Don't there's try. no standards. Yeah. Yeah. There's no standards. And I think that both of these extremes are harming us right now, both the shame that we can't become an adult or the acceptance that we'll never become an adult. And both of those are yeah. harming us. No, I think mm-hmm. like for me, one of the really, I mean, there, when I started to like realize that there's something wrong again, uh, wrong with the fact that I was, you know, a, I was a grown man and I was still dependent on other people in ways that I shouldn't be because I was capable of more. Like that was a huge, important time for me to be saying, Oh, I should be, you know, paying for my own stuff. I should be not only paying for my own stuff, but also, um, being productive enough that I, I'm not borrowing money from other people all the time. I'm able to lend money to other people. I'm a source yeah. of stability for other people um, mm-hmm. and a source of um, having resources, whether that's resources or time, money or whatever, but a, having resources that I can then give to other people to make their lives more stable and to carry the load of existence myself, realizing that that's something that's important to do um, was really important for me and made my life so much better and, and, pushed me along to adulthood. And I think that 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 should be our standard in a sense is like, are you able to, um, to the degree that is reasonable, you know, carry your own existence and not just yourself, but able to do that for other people as well so that you can, um, uh, other people who 
because people are going to be dependent. You're always going to be dependent in some way on other people sometimes. But the more that you're able to, for other people who need help, able to help them because you have enough of your, you know, you can help someone else with their taxes because you've done yours. You know, yes. that kind of. Um, like I and make the, my friends do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, that may be something that you look at in terms of a new model of, you know, dependent of, of adulthood is saying how much of my, um, my adulthood is collaborative and built on <laughs> specialization and exchange where it's like, oh, I, because that's what I do for like, you know, my knowledge problem. I can't know everything about everything, but I can read other people who are experts. So it's like, oh, I have, I'm not the best person at taxes, but I'm friends with somebody who really is. And they're, you know, but I'm really good at this other thing that other people depend on me for. So as our society becomes more specialized, maybe that's part of it is instead of every household being an island and every man being an island, um, you have one thing that you're really good at that you can exchange and have friendships with other people in that way while still not being totally dependent upon other people as little as possible being totally dependent on other people. But how does that look in your life then being like, okay, you know, it could be being married, you know, it's like you're okay, you're raising the next generation and you're having companionship with another person. It's like, but oh, no, no, or, no, you just jumped a step because look at the statistics marriage is a wholly different thing now than a family that right. people are getting married and not having kids absolutely mm. so you know but the idea is so what does that what is that yeah so exactly there's a whole a bunch of different ways this it can work and i think that some should be more normative than others but sure. however that you know however that looks are you being somebody that is um able to be more take uh help other people and who needs to depend on you more than you are depending on other people and how is that <laughs> looking in your life i think is a good metric however it's expressed yep that and makes I'm sense gonna, i, I want to ask a question nathan a what happens if this generation on a whole <laughs> doesn't become adults what happens individually and culturally in your well, estimation well i think we're already kind of seeing what what has happened even just based on what the what our prior generations has left for us where i think if we don't become adults that just means we wind up being a bunch of individual individualistic man children adult children that are really too focused on taking care of themselves or trying to take care of themselves flouting to take care of themselves and not helping others or letting themselves be relied upon by others or investing in others and they're not really focused on what they're leaving behind. Like they're not, yeah, they're not trying to help raise the next yeah. generation. They're not helping trying to build something. They're just trying to flounder to survive. And I think we've already seen what happens because like America, yeah. like we've always been aware that America has been an individualistic culture. And I think that's only, uh, that's only gotten stronger and stronger as America has grown older. And so I think with prior generations, when it came to the big capitalist boom or like the idea of, or the concept of credit and things like that, where like people keep spending, spending, spending in order to like get more and more and more and then trying to use credit to like get above and beyond their means because they really want more stuff. Then they wind up getting more and more in debt, which not only screws them in the long run, but also screws over their, their future generations as we see with how the economy has gone so volatile now. So I think when you spend too much time focusing on what's in front of you and not really thinking about what's around you or what's beyond you, you wind up making a mess, not only for your own life, but for the life of people around you and beyond yeah. you. So you really need to, Absolutely. you can't really, you can't be an adult in a vacuum. And so, and I think not the only way you can be a child is if there's a lot of adults around to take care of you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think the prob I if think everyone's the problem, a child who's going to take care of each other. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. A lot of us has had is like, I'm 
Okay, this is slight digression, but I'm suddenly reminded of that episode you guys did a while ago about moms with Nathan's mom talking about why it's so hard for mothers nowadays to be mothers because they didn't really have a culture of environment where other people show them how to be a mom. They just had to figure out by themselves. Wow. And I think that applies the same thing for people trying to be adults or parents in general, where we just didn't have enough people in our lives showing us how to do it when we were growing up. And so now we're just trying to focus. We're just like doing a doggy paddle in the middle of the ocean trying to survive by ourselves where we could like, and we are not even looking at the people around us who also need help. Yeah, I think this is, I think, again, yeah, I think you're totally right. Um, if we don't grow up, and I don't mean the sense of the arbitrary cultural yeah. rules. I think that's a great thing to get rid of. And I think Nathan hit on the head with that. If we don't grow up, we're not going to be people who, I'm going to speak culturally here, yeah. can build a better world. Because we're not yeah. going to be empowered to build a better world. And like Nathan said, if we're just focused on taking care of ourselves... We're not going to build things. I mean, literally, physically, we're not going to build things. Yeah. Grown-ups build things. Children don't know how to put buildings together or yeah. new technology or medicine. We need people to grow up so they can build and grow and do great things. Um, so I think you're absolutely right on that. And then I'll speak on the, the individual level. Mm -hmm. um, what, we, what we've said today is a lot of reasons as to why. But we're not suggesting to grow up just to make a better society or just mm -hmm. in a vacuum, yeah. just being an adult. Being an adult, quote, growing up, it it's a good thing, not just um, abstractly, it will make you feel better. Yeah. You will get to live out your story. You will get to live with purpose. <laughs> There's a great quote in John Wick uh, that I just watched, <laughs> if I'm really late to the, the game. But it, yes! it, it says, a man without purpose is nothing. Mm -hmm. And um, the, and adults are the people who have purpose. And when you have a purpose, you build a better world. And if you don't have a purpose, what you're going to find is a generation, we're finding this, is a generation of depressed, um, yes. anxious adults. And mm -hmm. I think um, one of the thing, one of the best additives, and I know mm -hmm. depression is real, even when you're doing mm -hmm. this, don't get me wrong, I understand that. But I think one of the things that can help depression and anxiety is a reason to get up every day, mm -hmm. a yes. reason um, to do something, that you matter in the world, that you are a character in a story that is moving forward. And so I feel like if we don't grow up and be feel empowered to become adults, we're not only not going to build a better society and move it forward and we start crumbling, we're also going to feel more depressed, more anxious, yeah. more um uh uh just nihilistic about life. Nothing yeah. matters. And the more purpose we have, the more uh direction we have um comes with being an adult, uh, the better our mental health will be. And it's a wonderful feeling. And I and yeah. I got to tell you, we're a culture now that it's kind of saying, if you feel bad, they're not telling you how to get out of that bad feeling. They're just comforting you in that bad feeling, which is good. You start with comfort. But let me tell you, um, it's a wonderful thing to choose to grow up. It 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 yeah. does wonders for how you feel about yourself. It does wonders okay. for how you see yourself. And it does wonders for the world around you ultimately, culturally. So that's, that's my two cents. People grow whether they want to or not, but... Growing up is something you got to decide to do. So I, I'll, I'll let uh, Nathan A. have the last word, but I'm going to jump in here um, that uh, I have never had a bigger jump in my self-esteem and drop in my anxiety and depression than when I started paying totally myself for my own apartment. Oh. <laughs> and it was like magic. It was utterly like magic. And one of the unsung things that we've that we've got from all those movies made by you know people who grew up in the 60s um about adulthood 
was that adulthood was wasn't fun. Adults okay. were unhappy, and adulthood is sad and depressing. Because we mm-hmm. looked at our parents, and a they were doing things that we didn't find fun, and so we couldn't imagine having enjoying life the way they did, um, living like they did. And also, oftentimes we saw them tired after work and stuff like that, complaining about their lives. And so, and then of course, all the movies portrayed them as deeply unhappy. Unhappy, unhappy. And so we got this idea that that childhood is where happiness was, and being an adult. But again, the more. Yeah, but the more that I have again taken on responsibility for myself, so that other people weren't, I wasn't depending on other people, and that more of that that other people could depend on me, that is like the biggest drug kind of <laughs> in in the world, and I think that it's it's a joyful to actually get the chance to do that, um, and so I definitely encourage people to try that, try taking on responsibility in those ways. And again, it doesn't mean you have to like give up certain things you love. Again, mm-hmm. I am still, you know, going to the Marvel movies, you know, when they come out, you know, um, and the, you know, and and some of the things are generational, like, you know, uh, James Gunn, when he was sort of arguing with Martin Scorsese about, you know, Martin Scorsese being like, oh, Marvel movies are for kids. And he was like, all you ever made were gangster movies. Martin Scorsese. It's like, you know, different generation has their own like childlike things that they hang on to, like watching sports or playing and things like some of this is just And video games, cartoons. Video games. Again, the the jokes the joke is that all of us in old folks' homes are gonna be playing Mario Kart and Dungeons and Dragons. This is why, like Nathan said, we need new definitions because they're working. You can be an adult and like cartoons and play video games. I am proof. Yes. Yes. And yep. I'm still trying to become an adult. Yes. At the end of the day, hard childhood is learning to enjoy yourself. And as you go older, you're not meant to let that go. Adulthood isn't letting go of that. Adulthood is refining that. It's mm, taking yes. what you love, what you love, and making that the focal point of how you live your life. Because the because the thing we want to avoid is so hyper fixating on your childish, childhood things that you wind up rejecting everything else. No, no, no. You take your childhood things that you love and you value and you, and you cherish make that part of your heart and then open up your heart to all these other things, all these other responsibilities mm. and connect that to what your main loves and desire are. That's where your purpose, that's the intersection of where your purpose is found. Absolutely. And that makes the world a better place. Yeah. Yes. I am actually, you can ask my wife, I am a better adult because I play video games. I, I know that sounds funny. And that, that sounds like um, it, it's totally uh, backwards, but it's yes. not. You can take the things that you love, and that's why we need to get rid of some of the old definitions um, and move forward. You want you like Nathan said, you want to take the things that you love and turn them into making the world a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, this has been a really fun discussion. I hope other people have had found new paradigms for thinking about this that can help you start on your journey to figuring out what you think a better paradigm for adulthood is, and maybe affirm yourself that you're more of an adult than you think you are. But or the ways that you need to continue to grow and be further on that journey. Empower yourself. Empower yourself, exactly. Um, But now we are going to uh, go open up the chest of uh, media and works of art, media and resource to find uh, things on our topic that uh, we think are good examples of what we're talking about uh, and uh, bad examples of what we're talking about, uh, which we're going to bless and curse. So Nathan, uh, Nathan, hmm, Nathan, Nathan, Nathan A., (laughs) Uh, what are your blesses and curses? 
Okay, so the show I'm going to bless is a childhood favorite of mine, the cartoon show Codename Kids Next Door. Oh, yes. I oh. I forgot all about that until right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, I'm sure plenty of people who are listening probably already know about it, but for, the, for a select few that don't know about it, the whole premise is basically these group of kids who are part of this, like, global organization of secret agent type kids who go around protecting kids, fighting for kids against evil adult tyranny and things like that. So like imagine <laughs> something like get smart, but like but kids basically. Yeah. So but the reason I want to bless this is because I feel like the show embodies what it means to keep that childlike heart as a vital part of what it means to growing up. Where it's like mm-hmm. the show I think embodies like all the great facets of like what's wonderful about childhood and the great things that we found in childhood. It, it, it embodies virtues like joy, selfishness, selflessness, wonder, curiosity, freedom, hope, courage, joy, like all these good things. You see that throughout that show and, remi- and watching that show reminds you, oh yeah, this is what you get out of childhood. This is why we love childhood. These are the virtues that we discover upon childhood. And then these are the things that we hold on to as we grow up. And going on to a point that Joe er- made earlier about how they're, Back in the 60s, there's a whole thing of like the, the <laughs> trend of not trusting anyone over 30 or like the idea that adulthood is boring and lame, blah, blah, blah. And on the surface level, that's what you might think this show is about when you see them these kids fighting evil adults. But then as you get further in the show and further into the show's mm-hmm. lore, you see, oh, no, there are some evil, obsessive adults that are very petty that want to make the lives that make, want to make the lives of kids horrible. But there are also lots of great adults in the show that are just as goofy and weird as the adult as the kids that they work alongside with or they're also the parents of the kids who again show these same sort of virtues but the main difference is they're also take they've also taken on the responsibility of taking care of these kids so they're showing mm. the example of like what it means to have this childlike spirit as an adult but also as an adult making an effort to take care of these kids and invest in the future generation because like there's this very fascinating plot detail where it's like Technically, when you um, reach the age of 13, you're supposed to get decommissioned from Kids Next Door. Where, like, you get your memory wiped, you go become become a teenager, become an adult, you don't remember any of your adventures as yeah. a kid, and you think that's it. so dark when you first watch that episode where they reveal <laughs> that. <laughs> right. And then they eventually reveal, though, that not every kid gets decommissioned. That there are some kids who so embody, who so perfectly embody the spirit of childhood or, like, the goals of the K&D that they wind up not being they wind up not being decommissioned and then rather they go undercover super yeah. undercover as both teenagers and adults growing up so it's like okay they don't get their memories wiped even though everyone else thinks they got their memory wiped but no they wind up remembering everything it is about their childhood and everything they love about it, and they secretly work in the shadows along uh as teenagers and adults again help support kids and so when the main characters learn this it's like a cool paradigm shift where it's like oh so there are adults and other people, older people around me who I know I can trust, and I just need to keep an eye out for them because they're showing me through their actions and through their purpose that there is a good way to like become an older person while still also upholding the values that I uh, come to appreciate as a kid. And taking those childlike wonder, beautiful things and transforming them into what can make the world more beautiful as an adult. I love that. Yes. Even if we never see each other again, just promise me one thing, that you'll never grow up. Even if you're a hundred years old and don't remember a thing about our times together, you'll still be a kid at heart, okay? It's, I mean, like, you wouldn't think that Kids Next Door would get that deep. Um, <laughs> but the lore is really wild. Yes. <laughs> so what, how about so a curse? What are you going to curse? Uh, I'm going to curse the movie Step Brothers, because I feel like it's very, no. a very 
<laughs> yeah. A cringy example of what it means to be a man child where it's like, I only seen the movie once years ago back in college, but I remember watching it just being like, oh man, I do not want to wind up like this kind of adult, like this man child who like, again, like you were saying, Joe, someone who depends more on others rather than people depending on them. The jokes were just very, uh, jokes are just very cringy, very absurd, and just also just very, li little bit of shock value, but just, I'm sure there is merit to it. Like I know there's that like, iconic, uh, do we just become best friends scenes, things like that. But like, oh, sure. comic merit for sure. Yeah, there's some comic merit, but like story wise like, or thematically wise, it's like, I don't want to become an adult like this. And as someone who wants to become an adult, I don't see how any of this is funny. Yeah, I found this that I'll give my off the off the back of that. I'll give my curse as well uh, first, because I found uh, as I was thinking about what to curse and what, what it is that that movie stepbrothers kept on showing up in these lists of man child movies which were really popular when i mm. was um an adolescent you had um yeah you had a whole load of them you had wedding crashers anchorman the 40 year old version knocked up dodgeball super bad and stepbrothers <laughs> and there's a lot of them in this in this period of time which was kind of a celebration mm -hmm. of immaturity yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't actually a critique or an encouragement to grow or to change it was like look how funny and great it is to be immature and i, yeah. I there's a whole other episode to have here as to why those are so popular i do think sure. that for a lot of young men we didn't give them a vision of what they could become or even yeah. should become mm. in, a, in a positive um way and so they said well, okay i guess i'm just going to celebrate this kind yeah. of juvenile and lo and behold we have a lot of peter pan syndrome uh <laughs> yeah. mature young men but the catharsis wasn't in them. I love a good coming of age story yeah. when you see someone mature and and the catharsis was in the uh, the immaturity. So I, I guess yeah. I'm coming like pine genre. Pineapple Express literally ends with him being like, you know what? I'm not going to, you know, become a mature person. I'm going to sit around and, you know, be, a, you know, deadbeat with my buddies. And that's where that that's that's what the happy ending looks like. It's, yes, yeah, exactly. And they never get to realize that beauty that's, yeah. that um, that a lot of movies can show uh, of what it looks like when to to grow fully into who you were made to be. When yeah. you get to my, um, so I'll, I'll give you my bless, and it's kind of an interesting bless. I'm going to bless Into the Wild because I think Ooh. Into the Wild is a movie that honestly grapples with someone who doesn't know what it looks like to be an adult mm -hmm. in this world. And so it, it's not necessarily a hopeful one where it shows you exactly how to become an adult. But it yep. shows you what happens to people when you aren't when they aren't given a vision or a path to becoming an adult. It's a true story, a uh, beautifully um, shot and acted movie about a young man who, um, when when at, out of high school, he's he gets into a uh, an Ivy League college and he's looking down the the barrel the rest of his life and he doesn't see the point or the mm -hmm. joy of becoming an adult and so he he leaves and goes off the grid and he just travels around. And eventually, spoilers alert, if you don't want to know whether this is a true story, it's been up for quite a while. <laughs> I think in the, the 70s or 80s, they found him. Um, he committed suicide in a in a school bus in the wild of Alaska where he'd been living. Mm. And to me, such a oh, sad, wow. um, but very powerful and beautiful movie picture of what happens if you do not give someone a path to who they were created to be, the fullness of who they were created to be. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a beautiful movie that explores that. Um, I'm going to bless. Oh, I meant to curse. Uh, I'll, I'll save it. I'll just I'll stick with my curse, I have a curse, but I'll use them later. 
uh, different episodes. Oh yeah, on I'm the gonna... subject of the curse, isn't I just wanted to say really quick, isn't just wonderful when an adult movie made for adults by adults is winds up being more crass and juvenile and shallow, shallow than a kid's yes. cartoon? <laughs> yes. That should tell you something about these kinds of movies. Yes. <laughs> oh man. But the if you want an antidote to those kinds of movies, mm. bless an oldie but goodie. Um, that I I think literally no one listening to this will ever have a problem with. I'm going to bless Lord of the Rings. Um, because oh, here you indeed. have, I, I would say you have a, a, a the hobbits. They're this this yeah. race of creatures in Middle-earth who are kind of inherently childlike, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're even they, small. <laughs> yes, they are sheltered from the outside world. They have everything they need. They're taken mm-hmm. care of. And into the hands of a childlike hobbit, um, who I guess is like, 30 or 50 years old at that point <laughs> and living the life of a child falls the most important task yeah. of which the entire universe rests on him completing this yeah. task. And what a beautiful picture of him saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave the childish things behind. Like Paul says, <laughs> when I, when I became a man, I left the, child, the ways of the child behind. Frodo takes the ring and decides to go on this journey of quote, becoming an adult, but doing the thing he, that um, ultimately uh, is what creates the beautiful yeah. and one of the most moving stories that's ever been told. And yeah. I think it's such a picture of um, of what it looks like to accept your story and live into the fullness of the character you've been given by God, which is, quote, mm-hmm. an adult. And yeah. I think, it, and, and like Nathan points out, he doesn't lose his childlikeness. And in fact, he his, his completing his mission, him saving the world, there's a beautiful scene at the very end when Sam actually reminds him of the good things that yeah. should remain. So one of the reasons that he's able to do this is because he holds on, you know, remember what strawberries taste like, Mr. Frodo. And that's a beautiful scene that kind of goes to what Nathan was talking about. You don't lose these wonderful, beautiful things. Of mm-hmm. You take them, allow them to empower you on your mission. Because there's and- good in the world and it's worth fighting for. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. That's the thing is, that's the thing is, the in a sense, this is very fascinating. Adults exist for the protection of children in a sense mm-hmm. it's like yes. that's what it's like you know because children need adults around to take care of them and, and, and that's again like what frodo is doing he's taking on the ring for the shire if there is no shire yeah. then there's no reason to be to take on that responsibility so that's why that's a great great one yeah so, yeah, so you I, gotta know what you value and you gotta protect it exactly so i gotta bless lord of the rings that is yep. A quote child taking on the empowerment and beauty of becoming an adult, mm. which is living into your story, and and as a result, one of the most inspiring, beautiful, best selling stories of all time. So, gotta yeah. go. God bless Lord oh of the Rings. man, you know, we'll give more pushback on that. I know, <laughs> such a such an edgy edgy take. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll do a couple of. Uh, I'll, I'll rattle off a couple of my blesses. Um, we. I, I, I was gonna not do this one because we've done it so much, but it's just so fits with everything we've been talking about. Just as if you want a movie that does illustrate that whole holding on to what is good, but learning to do it in a responsible way, there's almost no better movie than The Incredibles, which mm, is that's uh, which that is whole Bob Parr's thing. He wants to stay and play around as a superhero, which was his thing as a as a young person. But then he's an adult and has to take on adult responsibilities. But he does it in a way that leaves a gaping hole inside him that you know he can't fill, and so starts you know, working that out in toxic ways until he's able to integrate them into saying, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. And also he has a society that doesn't make it easy for him to integrate those. And so mm, yeah. he wrestles with all of those things in a very complex and very healthy way. Um, so if you want to kind of capture a vision for what that's like to preserve what's good about 
you're growing up while also not shirking your responsibilities that you really do have. Um, try watching The Incredibles. Another classic one, obviously, we brought this up at the beginning and I knew I was going to have to, before we started, I knew I was going to have to bless it if nobody else did, is Emperor's New Groove. Yep, yep. Yes. I was going to say it just after if you, if you didn't just now. <laughs> if, yeah, this is perfect. If you don't, if if you want to, I know another story about one of those man children from that genre that Nathan was cursing, you know, who actually <laughs> learns the harm that happens to other people and to yourself is if it, you don't it. actually take on the responsibilities of adults, but also in very clever ways showing how it's not exactly his fault. It's partly how he was raised that he mm -hmm. got into this place. No parents. Um, yeah. Again, like, again, the first shot is, you know, is him being like, you know, crying and then he instantly everybody gives him like 30 just, rattles. That's you know, right. spoiled. Yep. <laughs> yes. And it's just like, and, and so, but the journey, the, what the harm that that causes and the journey out of that, that's a great movie. Also, yes. and an important part of that journey that goes back to one of the points he made is that he had someone show him how to be an adult. He had Pacha. He had yes. a brother slash father figure to show him the way out. He had to have an actual adult show him, and actually, what it, how beautiful it is. See his Wait, family. Gandalf. He's the Gandalf character. Yes, yes. Mine we all need a Gandalf. Food. Yes, adulthood is caught, you know, and taught. It really, it it, mm. it really is. Um, then of course, again, for the adults, you know, a classic one is uh, that I love is King of Staten Island. Again, it's the Pete Davidson really movie good. and yeah. Bill Burr movie, which is about real millennials, our generation grappling with the fact that we're like again it's really he's like in his 30s and he's like not haven't grown up yet and he gets you know into relationships that actually challenge him to force him to do that and how messy it is again we've talked a lot about kids programming that's family friendly but for the people like specifically our generation and how gritty it is our discussion about how to do that um that's a good movie Mm. Um, okay, I'm gonna curse something's gonna get a lot of people mad, but I'm gonna do it anyway because I'm right. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna curse Hook. Um, oh. oh, speaking of Peter Pan syndrome, and I don't mean this because I don't mean this as a uh, story of a vendetta against Robin Williams. Movies. <laughs> the next Adams is that the next one? Goodwill uh, Hunting. <laughs> no, I swear I love Robin Williams, uh -huh. but I think one of the things I remember. You know about Hook when I when I watched it again because I watched it as a kid and I I didn't really remember it. I watched it again when I was older. I realized that it really toxically. As I remember, I didn't think that most of the jokes were as funny as people said, and I don't I don't think it's one of Spielberg's best works, um, directing wise. Um, I, but especially when the guy rolls down the plank, that was I know it's real highbrow. There's nothing better, than that. <laughs> and I mean, it's Dante Bosco's best role before Zuko. I mean, That's also true. fair. Also fair. Yeah, I'm not I, saying that there's nothing good about the movie, but Rufio was like the the person I wanted to be. But I th it does really toxically run into this dichotomy of in order to be truly a kid, you have to shirk your responsibilities. Um, as the, the final shot at the end, you know, and other people have commented on this too, where it shows that Pan has, you know, Peter has, you know, um, redeemed himself. From the way he was ignoring his kids in the beginning is by you know throwing away his phone that communicates with the office and and what they do is they really they don't show a person who's able to balance his responsibilities with um with childhood they show the dichotomy of in order to be a child you have to a certain degree act like your responsibilities don't matter and that is a part of the toxic message that we've been mm. given that has provided us with no models of what that or few models of what that looks like. 
So because I think it's underrated, it, it's overrated in its, oh. its artistic value, and I think it has a bad message, I curse Hook, and you can send your angry letters to Wong. Wong. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Dang a ring! Dang a Anyway, but yes, okay, cool. Well, this was a really fun episode. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much again, Nathan A. But also for... a very grown-up episode. Not too fun. Yeah, we're grown-ups now. Not really. No. <laughs> but uh, all, growing up in all the good ways. I expect a lot of very childish cutaways, Nathan, for this one. <laughs> you know. Well, now he has to do something rebellious to push back yeah. against I'm that. I'm going to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, this sucks. But anyway, yes. Um, so but, uh, thank you so much again, Nathan A, for being on our show. Um, do you want people to get in touch with you? Uh, where should they go? If Has they anything want... changed since last time? Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you all know where to go, go where fashion sits. Okay, cool. There you go. There you have it. <laughs> and and Nathan... if you want to get in touch with um, us, go to the overthinkersjournal.com. Uh, you can send us all of your love and hate mail. Tell us what we got right. Tell us what we got wrong. We want to hear your pushback or feedback. Either one. Uh, you can learn more about us and what we do and where we are. If you want to find um, more overthinkers like yourself, go to our online Facebook group, The Overthinkers. It's a private group. We want you there. And there's a lot of very uh, adult and childish memes for you to enjoy. Um, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with me, you can search Nathan Clarkson dot me. You can also go um, and search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. And I'm also going to do a plug for my book, Good Man, which actually... Yes. A lot of these topics, especially for young men who are trying to figure out what that looks like, that path into adulthood, and is written from a young man, young man. myself, who is still trying to figure that <laughs> out. Come along the journey, I'll tell you what I've learned thus far. Um, so grab a book, copy of my book, Good Man. Uh, it's on sale on Amazon right now. Uh, Joseph. You can find me on the socials as well. And of course, you can find my film criticism and culture criticism at uh, religionplugged.com and also relevant.com. Uh, thank you. And of course, you can find my website at josephholmstudios.com. A lot of dot But hey, that's just a theory. A game No, theory. no, everybody. No, no. That's somebody else. That's, I do have that inflection tone, though. I was noticing that. <laughs> anyway, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Please don't sue us, Matt Pat. <laughs> we love you. 